Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a great message from one of our guest speakers. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Jesus is so good, right? (laughs) Wow. When we were in worship a little moment ago, we were singing this song earlier in the meeting and uh, and I was on my face before God. He drew me to a very low place. I don't know if you know, but this place is a very low place, (laughs) very lowly place, postured in Jesus, in Him. The very humble, the very lowly place. And I was on my face and I felt as we were singing, you are good, you are good. I felt the Lord just demonstrate his glory. It was like he paraded his glory before us. Like he said to Moses, you know, (laughs) I'm going to show you my glory. Modern day translation, I'm going to show you my goodness. Whoa, Jesus. And I just felt, I, I just felt it tangibly. I felt tangibly his goodness just move past us. Wow. And I, and I just felt, you know, maybe, maybe, you, maybe you didn't, maybe you didn't sense that. Or maybe you did and you're going, hey, and that's so, so good. I want more. I just want to pray for us now that the spirit of wisdom and revelation might just open our hearts and minds. Jesus, 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 Holy Spirit, would you open our our hearts and minds right now, open our spiritual eyes to see your goodness, to see your glory. Father, you are here, your glory is amongst us. eyes to see. Give us eyes that see and perceive your goodness and your glory manifest here as your kids playing together. Jesus. Mm. You are good. 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 Thank you, Jesus. You are good.
in Jesus' name, I release to you all the goodness that Father God has in store for you in this day. You know, He's thought about you for eternity past and He's thought about your day today. And He's conspired for your goodness today. And He desires to demonstrate His goodness upon you today. He desires to show you how good He is. And so I release it to you in the name of Jesus, the goodness of God, that whatever your circumstance, whatever your eyes see in the natural, in the spirit, your eyes would see the goodness of God prevailing from eternity to eternity. Hallelujah. God, You are good. <laughs> you are so good. And we bless you here in this house. We give you all the honour and the glory and the praise, Lord Jesus. Yeah, we elevate you above all others. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness today. And everyone who agreed said, Amen. 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 You can grab your seats. I uh, am so privileged to be here. I, I, you know, some people struggle with church life and I think, oh man, when you get to be in the context of the goodness and the glory of God, where, where your very heart and mind and soul are captured and bow before His goodness, before His glory. I mean, like you said, why would you want to be anywhere else? Why would you want to be anywhere else? He is eternally good. And uh, if you get nothing out of today, know he is good. <laughs> it's a lie that the enemy tries to, to assail is to, to sell, send this uh, lie that, that he's not good or at some point he won't be good or, or you can't absolutely trust him. But I've found that from everlasting to everlasting, he is good, he is God and he is faithful. Amen. Had the privilege of a few short SMSs with Pastor Phil last night, uh, and uh, I think he just wanted to know I was coming. <laughs> yeah, I'm coming, Phil. I'm coming. Uh, I, I just finished praying with my, my oldest son about today, and I didn't share the prayer that my son prayed. He was praying, Judah was praying that today Holy Spirit would blow the place up. <laughs> And uh, I thought, oh, I don't know how Phil might take that. <laughs> but uh, it's a privilege to be here. You know, it's a privilege to be in amongst kingdom people. It's great to be in family. Um, I just, I, I've been reading Hebrews 12. Um, and so we're going to share uh, something from that this morning. I've been reading it. Usually I, I read you know, the scriptures for my own edification, you know, daily. And, and I also have a chapter of scripture rolling over with my kids every, every day as well. And so, you know, we just work our way through the Bible when I'm reading with the kids. And, and we got to Hebrews 12 about, uh, it's two or three weeks ago now. And, and for some peculiar reason, I'd shifted translation. I'd, um, I'd been reading, uh, you know, the NIV basically my whole life. That's been the New International Version of Scripture. I just read that and read that and read that, you know, forever and ever. And, and, and probably about 18 months ago, I just wanted to go a different angle on what I was hearing. And so I shifted into um, the Amplified Version. 
And for a peculiar reason, I landed in the Passion Translation of Hebrews. So I'm reading that to the kids. And, and I'd read, read it. And, and like, you know, we'd read it. And then the next day you'd read, you know, Hebrews 13. You'd kind of keep working through the book. But I just had to read it again. And then I had to read it again and again. And so the kids had kind of had two or three weeks now just solid the one chapter of Scripture because it's just incredible. Like it's mind-blowing. No, trust me, it is. <laughs> it's, it's just quite captivating. If you haven't done it yet, get, you know, like your technology version or whatever and just grab um, Hebrews 12 in the Passion Translation. Because I tell you what, um, it's just doing something in us um, as a family and doing something in me. I'm just oh, amazing. Um, you asked me if I knew um, Jason Stevens, the NRL football player. I thought that was a stitch up. Hey, I thought, oh, what's going on here? Because you see, about, I don't know, might have been 15, 18 years ago when I'm running a church in Sydney, we're doing an alpha course there and we would get NRL players to come and do like the introductory dinner night speak um, to kind of bring a bit of a crowd. And so I'd, I'd lined up with Jason Stevens that he would do the introductory dinner night, right? And so we're having this kind of dialogue at the beginning of the alpha course and I say to him, I don't know if you remember him, he's recently published a film um, you know, yeah, and, and so, anyway, Google Jason Stevens NRL, but, like, he's a big dude, and you know, big, and, uh, and I'm saying to him, so, mate, you know, you know, we're brothers, right, you know, and, and, you know, it's like growing up as kids, you know, you and me, and, like, making out like there was something there, and he goes, I said, but, but your name's spelt S-T-E-V-E-N-S, Stevens, and mine's S-T-P-H-E-N-S, how do you explain that? He said, yeah, mum just didn't want you to be part of things. <laughs> And he just burnt me. So I thought it was a stitch-up when you asked me, hey, it's like, oh, man, yeah, he got me once before, that guy. Anyway, anyway, let's get in it. Um, some people asked Jesus, why do, you, why do you talk in parables? Like, why do you just use word pictures all the time? Why don't you just come straight out and tell us how it is? You know, how come you're always talking about like the kingdom of God is like this or, you know, a farmer once did this or a father had two sons and they, why do you always talk in word pictures? Why can't you just tell us straight? And you know what Jesus said? Well, you do because you know your word. <laughs> and he said to them, well, I'm, I speak like this so that what the prophet Isaiah said would be fulfilled. He said, I speak to them like this so that they would be ever hearing but never understanding they would be ever seeing but never perceiving unless their hearts would hear and their minds would understand and they would turn and repent and I thought does that really sound like Jesus he's, he's painting word pictures and stuff so that people wouldn't understand thought, does that really sound like Jesus, except that it's in the Word? And what kind of emerged out of that was um, actually, he's, he's essentially saying, you, you've got to want it. You, you, you've got to want to understand. You've got to want to see. 
You just got to want it. You got to desire the understanding that he has. He's like he's inviting us to, to he's, he's like he's provoking us to, to want, to draw on, to, to grab hold of. Because you can sit here today and have a nice time and go home and, and really that'll be it. But it, it, it's entirely possible that you could sit here today and then just go, you know what, Jesus, hmm, I'm actually going to understand. I'm actually going to posture myself to perceive and to know and to get what it is that you have for me. But it just requires a posturing. It requires a determination. And, uh, and if, <laughs> if you'll determine, if you'll make that determination, he'll release to you some revelation, some, some glorious understanding and some life-giving um, empowerment by the Spirit of God for you today. So I'm just going to make it simple. If, if you would like to make a determination and have it registered in the heavenlies, if you would like to make a determination, I'm actually going to get what he has for me today. I'm actually going to perceive and understand and know what he's got for me today. Why don't you just stand with me? You don't have to. No one has to get up. But if you just go, nah, I'm actually going to get it. I'm going to determine that I receive from him what he has for me today. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you because um, <laughs> you desire to meet intimately and intentionally with every one of us. I thank you that you know our hearts better than we know, know them ourselves. And I thank you that you have grace apportioned for every individual you have favour and goodness apportioned for every individual. I thank you that uh, that grace is here for us today. Father, by the testimony of our standing today, we are determining in our hearts and we're posturing in our spirit to get what you have for us. <laughs> it won't be able to be said of us, oh, they were ever hearing but never understanding. It won't be able to be said of us that we were ever seeing but never perceiving. It won't be able to be said of us because we've postured our hearts to understand and to know your purposes and your plans and your word for us today. And so, Father, I just release now a spirit of wisdom and revelation upon this gathering. Yeah, that you, Holy Spirit, would teach us all that we need to have. <laughs> and just, uh, you know, pour out even more than that. <laughs> just go even more. Lord, we thank you that you're an extravagant God. We thank you that you have goodness in store. And so we receive it by way of revelation in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks for that. I've got a quiz for you. I don't normally do quizzes, but I, uh, I want to <laughs> start us off with a pop quiz. Who loves quizzes? Three of us. <laughs> what about a quiz where you couldn't possibly get it wrong? Who loves quizzes? Man. <laughs> uh, a few of us, a few more. I guarantee you can't get this wrong. There's going to be 100% pass mark on this quiz you just need to listen right and spirit of revelation's already upon you right Woo! it's a setup you can't get this wrong have a listen three scripture verses then i'm going to ask you the question listen carefully luke 22 verse 69 says this but from now on the son of man will be seated at the right hand of almighty god ephesians 1 verse 20 says God raised Christ up from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly realms. 
Colossians 3, 1 says this, Since then you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Now, here's the quiz. According to Scripture, where is Jesus? Seated where? Seated at the right? Yeah, Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Anyone get that wrong? 100%. See, I told you, it's easy. Christ is seated, according to Scripture, right now in the heavenly places at the right hand of God. Next part of the quiz. Slightly more complex. Pay attention. <laughs> Ephesians 2.6. And God has raised, God has raised, get the tense here, God has already done this, past tense, He has raised us, us up with Christ and seated us in Him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In Him, in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Colossians 3.1 says this, Since then, you have been raised with Christ in heavenly realms, seated at the right hand of God. Question, where are you? S seated with, seated with, in heavenly places, the right hand of God. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places at the right hand of God. No, you're here in Tagra. <laughs> How is it, past tense scripture, that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places at the right hand of God? And that Christ, according to scripture, is seated in heavenly places at the right hand of God. And we are in him and he is in us. Wow, what a glorious mystery. And we're here in Tagra. Um, this is a glorious, glorious revelation that you are right now, right now, absolutely in realms. I, I'm, I'm just getting off on realms at the moment, right? I don't know if you've ever wandered there, but seriously, this stuff is, wow. I am seated with Christ. I'm in him and he is in me. And that's happening concurrently right now where I am in heavenly places. You are seated with Christ right now in heavenly places, according to Scripture. And some of us are going, man, am I? Really? <laughs> are you sure? Hebrews 12.1 says this. As for us, this is Passion Translation. We have all these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. As for us, <laughs> we have this great cloud of witnesses that encircle us like clouds. I mean, it's happening right here in the natural. We've got a great cloud of witnesses right here, right, that are circling us. You know, we're amongst a cloud of witnesses. The Lord Jesus, he is king. He is Lord to the glory of God. That's our testimony, isn't it? Hello? <laughs> like that's our declaration. Jesus is Lord. And, and we're witnesses of that. 
And in the natural, very much, there's an encouragement. Mate, I love the grace on you for encouragement. Have you not heard it all morning long? Man, you're one of the cloud. Right, you are very much in the natural what's happening to us right now in the spiritual. Did you know that right now in the spiritual, there's a great cloud of witnesses that surround you? And you know what they're saying? Just what the Father is saying. They're saying the same thing. They're bearing witness to the same thing the Father is saying. You're awesome. You're amazing. You're a wonderful son. You're an incredible daughter. Love you, tremendous kingdom champion. This is what the cloud of witnesses is saying that surrounds you. Hey, did you know you're never alone? There's a revelation. (laughs) Did you know that? We're all real quiet this morning. (laughs) Um, Jesus said, I will never leave you. I will never leave you. I'm never walking out on you. I will never abandon you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. That was a not when you come to him, but just from eternity past to eternity future. He's never going anywhere. He's with you. Yeah? He's with you. He's never going. You are never alone. You've never, ever, ever been alone. But here's the bizarre thing. (laughs) You were never alone, not because Jesus never left you, but actually because you're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses who keep saying, you're awesome. (laughs) Go, son. Go, kingdom champion. We're with you. Who's heard it? And I mean, who's heard the cloud of witnesses that surround us? We heard it here in the natural. But have you heard it in the realms? Because right now, you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. You're in the realms surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. The scriptures say, What's the point of being surrounded by a cloud of witnesses if you can't even hear what they're saying? Or you've been oblivious to them. Because I suspect for most of us, we didn't even realise. I had a moment last week where I quieted my heart. I was preparing this initially, this initial message. And I, and I listened, I leaned into the realms And I went, okay, what am I hearing? What are the cloud of witnesses saying? Do you know what I heard? I heard this, you're doing your generals proud, Craig. Might not mean much to you guys here, but I'm a salvo, right? And the general who who coaches me, if you like, as a historic mentor, some of you might have heard of General William Booth, the guy who started the Salvation Army in Pentecostal fire. I'm telling you, this thing just blew across the world. And he, like, he's like a historical mentor to me. I read what he's said and I, and I, and I listen to the preachers that he brought and I, you know, I, I train and allow his, his influence to shape me somewhat and to hear from the cloud of witnesses because he's been, you know, he's, he's with the Lord. But amongst the cloud of witnesses surrounding me, General uh, Billy Graham, there's another one you'll be familiar with, you know, a guy I've allowed to shape and influence. And when, this, when, I, when I be quiet and I hear the cloud of witnesses, the generals are proud of what you're doing, son. Come on. Did you know that you're never alone? (laughs) 
And did you know that you're seated with Christ in heavenly places and right now surrounded by an incredible cloud of witnesses? I mean, it's very helpful to have an encouragement in the natural. And I've got to say, I've been built up and encouraged by it this morning and several others have too. But do you know, at no point is that not happening for you at any point in history. Cloud of witnesses surrounding you. Now, what's the point of that? Why is it? I want to be clear, I'm I'm not talking about kind of ancestral spirits and I'm not talking about witchcraft and Ouija boards and stuff. I'm not talking about that. I'm actually talking about what the scriptures say about being surrounded by a cloud of witnesses, right? Who are in the throne room and we're in Christ and he is in us. There's no darkness present. Right? And there's no, there's no ancestral spirits that I'm talking about in that context. It's interesting because um, the demonic world, they understand that this is a really key thing for the, the Christ follower. And so if I can keep the Christ follower out of an understanding of realms, then they don't even know they're seated with me in, in Christ in heavenly places. They don't understand that there is a cloud of witnesses constantly, constantly cheering them on then they'll just stay in the natural. They'll just stay in the natural. They'll just stay with what they see and know. They'll stay in the realm of the physical. And then if, if they have to have something, then the enemy comes with, all right, well, we'll do the whole, you know, astral travel and, and ancestral spirit stuff, and we'll do that sort of, we'll, we'll cause some chaos there and lead them astray. Do you understand? So this is really important. There's a darkness agenda against you to understand realms and to to understand your posture in him right now. And there's an agenda against you understanding the celebration of the cloud of witnesses as well. Why? Well, it's not possible for you to be alone. One of the key strategies of the enemy is isolation. If I can just get you alone, if I can get you thinking you're on your own and no one's for you and no one's with you, then you'll wane and then you'll lessen. But there is a purpose for this celestial cheer squad, (laughs) as it were. If you keep reading, I don't know if you have the translation up there, the Passion Translation, verse 1 of Hebrews uh, chapter 12. It says... You know, since we are surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses, it goes on. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us. What's the purpose? What's for, as for us, we have this great cloud of witnesses who encircle us like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us. I just sensed this morning that there's another measure of healing, another grace for healing for the church today. There's a grace available that he might accomplish a deeper healing work in our lives as we choose to line up with the Word of God and let go of the things, the wounds that have pierced us. I don't want us to bury our head in the sand. I've got this contention that if you have a pulse, then you have brokenness. If you have a pulse, then you have brokenness. If you've got a pulse, you've known wounds, you've known verbal uh, or, or physical or some form of wounding or brokenness or pain. 
you can't escape it. It is consequence of being on this planet. And if that be the case, the scriptures are saying, huh, we're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses and they're cheering us on into the greater things of the kingdom. But we've got to let go of the wounds that pierced us. And gee, that's hard. It's not to say they're not real. It's not to say that the things that, that you know, a parent uncaringly may have said, it's not to say that that's not you know, significant in any way. And, and, and I don't wish to diminish it. It's not to say that you know, the way you're treated at work by a boss who's just ruthless or the way in which you, know, you were tied up in some, some rather you know, diverse ways of hurt and pain that come our way. It's not to bury our head in the sand and say it's not significant. It's just to say, all right, well, now I'm going to posture up. How do I posture up? Let's keep reading. I love this. I'm just jumping through because for the sake of time. Verse 2 says this. We look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze on Jesus. You get it? You can look in the natural and say, oh, pastor so-and-so, they said this to me or or brother so-and-so from that church, they're like this and they hurt me. Or, you know, or, or, or my sister, she went and did this and, you know, I've been holding that grudge or that pain. Or, you know, and mum and dad, they left and they did such and such. You know your stories. So how do we let go of the pain, the, the wounds that pierce? Well, we take our eyes off this natural realm. Stop looking around. Hey, people are not our enemy. Yeah? People are not our enemy. People have never been our enemy. So we take our eyes off this natural realm. We fix our gaze on Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this. How's this? Because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his. He endured the agony of the cross because his heart was fixed on joy. Talk about someone who decided not to look in the natural realm, but to focus up. And where's he focusing up? Well, he's focusing up He's focusing up into the realms. And what's in the realms? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Jesus present in the realms, surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. Who's there with him? You, me, seated with Christ in heavenly places. He's just going joyfully, joyfully. I can walk the cross joyfully. You're mine. You're going to be mine. What a glorious story. And I love the next, next kind of steps in that, right? Enduring the agony of the cross, he conquered its humiliation. Darkness intended to humiliate Christ. In the natural sense, there couldn't have been anything more humiliating than what he endured. And I mean absolutely anything more humiliating. And he conquered its humiliation. Essentially, he busted shame. And he busted guilt and he busted condemnation. What a glorious victory that is. And he now sits <laughs> exalted at the right hand of God. There we are again, seated at the 
the right hand of the Father in heavenly places. So carefully consider how Christ faced such intense opposition from those who opposed even their own souls so that you won't become worn down or cave in under life's pressures. Take our eyes off the realms in the natural. Fix our eyes on him, on Christ. I had the privilege towards the end of last year of ministering with a guy in the prayer room. It's on Tugra Strait, literally a couple of hundred metres from here. And the guy came into the prayer room and he was a little down. A young guy who'd been through the Salvo's Addictions Treatment Centre, um, not the one here at Duralong, but another centre, and was now back on the coast. He's come to the coast to try and reconnect with his children. He's, he and his wife have separated. He's 26, I think. Partners, they've separated, and she's got the two kids, and he's trying to, trying to get reconciled with his daughters. And he came to the prayer room having, just the day before, he'd gone um, to the, one of the daughter's 12th birthday parties, right? One of the daughters was turning 12. He's gone to his ex's house, and uh, he's tried to be dad in that context for his girls. And of course, the mum has another partner now and things went very tense. The relationships start to get frayed. And now this guy, he's done time in jail for some you know, pretty horrendous stuff in his journey. So he's not unfamiliar with quite dangerous responses in those situations. And he's ready to blow up, right? You get the picture? Like, things have gone south in his daughter's birthday party. People are having a go at him. He's feeling criticised and he's ready to blow up. And he, he makes a decision, I can't do that for my girl. I can't do that for the girls. I'm just, I'm, I'm going. And he leaves. Now, in the natural, that's a good day for him. If we're just looking in the natural, right? He's he made a, a good choice that it, things were going bad for him and so he left rather than let it escalate to where it's got him in jail before. And he says, and he comes back and he's back at his place and he, he's bought himself a, a, a beer and he's looking at the beer. Now, now, in the context of someone who's been in active addiction where uh, alcohol and other drugs have enslaved them, this is a really, really dangerous place, right? Not so for the average putter who'll have a beer and there's no issue, but for this guy, this is like everything's about to end. And he looks at the beer for a while and he's staring at it, he reckons about 20 to 40 minutes, and then a guy comes along and sees him and takes the beer away, and he goes to bed that night and he puts his head on the pillow and he says, but at least I had my head on the pillow and I was sober and straight. You know, for a person in addiction, that's a big deal. And he was celebrating this big win. I didn't blow up, it didn't end in violence, and I didn't end up drinking or using drugs. Good. I said, well, that's okay. But the, the, the end goal here is not that you put your head on the pillow sober and straight. The end goal here, mate, is that you be healed and that you be made so whole and so established in who you are in Christ that 
that putting your head on the pillow at night sober and straight is just an automatic outcome because you're so whole, because you're so healed. Do you follow? And so why don't we ask Jesus about that pain that's pierced you? And he says, all right. <laughs> Can you remember when, you know, that, that, that outburst that you were feeling at the party that didn't come, but can you remember the first time you felt such intense pain? He said, yep. Say, so, okay. No, actually, no, initially he said, no, I can't remember it. So we asked Jesus, we literally just prayed, Jesus, where was the pain when he first felt that pain? And then straight away he, he could remember and he said, yeah, I can remember. It was when my dad left us. That was the first piercing pain that I felt. Now, in that context, I asked him, Okay, what's the memory like of that? And he says, well, I'm in the lounge room and my mum and dad, they're screaming at each other. And he looks at me and he looks at my mum and he says, that's it, I've had enough, I'm leaving. I want nothing more to do with you. Slams the door and leaves the family for good. And I said, well, well where are you? And he says, I'm, I'm in my bassinet. Yeah, I'm sitting in a bassinet. I said, how old are you? He says, I'm six months. I said, mate, you, you can't actually remember that memory. Like six months old, you, you, there's, not a, there's no possibility for you to, to have a solid recollection of that. He says, well, I can, I can see it as clear as day. And it was because Jesus brought the memory back to his attention. And chronologically, he was, it turns out, six months old when his dad left. So he said, well, where's Jesus in this memory that you see? Where is Jesus? He says, I can't see him. I said, well, he's never left you and he's never forsaken you. He's present. Where is he in that moment? And the guy starts to go, oh, wow. I said, what happened? He said, he's holding me. He's looking at me. He's saying, oh, you're a wonderful boy. And he starts, and, and, and this, this grown man's memory shifts in, in a moment from being pierced by what mum and dad are doing and what dad has just done to him. You know, a place where home where it should have been safe and it should have been, you know, it should have been all the protection and love that a kid could possibly have, much like your home. It should be, should be like that. But instead, he's pierced as a six-month-old baby. And the next moment, Jesus is holding him. I'm never going to leave you. Oh, you're wonderful. He says, I can hear him. He's gooing and garring at me. This is Jesus. Oh, you beautiful boy. I'm with you. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. If, if we just stay in the natural realm with just the stuff that we see, we're not going to encounter the healing moments, the deep and profound healing graces that are ours in Christ Jesus. This is a time for the church and it's significant for the Central Coast that we would be healed. 
that we would be whole, that we would be matured in the things of the kingdom, not, not reacting out of our brokenness, not holding bitterness or resentments or grudges with someone or some place or some church or some leader. This is a time for us to fix our eyes on him. You know, to be aware that, that there are realms that exist. You know, the throne room is a realm. There are realms, the scripture says, many realms. But in the throne room, where I am seated in him and he is in me and I am in him, right hand of God, right now. And so, I just we want to take a moment just to seek the Lord in, in bringing a deeper work of healing and wholeness to us. I just sensed that was his agenda. We'll know we're there. We'll know we're there when we are so abounding in love towards one another. When, when all that we've got is to abound in love towards one another. And I don't mean just here on Sunday morning. I mean Monday to Sunday. I mean you know, abounding in love towards those crazy salvos down the road <laughs> and, and abounding in love towards the Anglicans and the, you know, over the, over the railway line and, and abounding in love towards the Catholic brothers and sisters and abounding in love towards, you know, the, the Hope You See guys and abounding in love towards the Uniting Church brothers and sisters. We'll know that we've encountered that same kind of healing grace this young man that I was sharing about encountered, his whole story changed because he stopped looking in the natural. He fixed his eyes on Jesus. He could believe for a moment in realms and he could understand for himself the wholeness that he has in Christ currently being manifest here on the earth. Do you follow? If you've got a pulse, you've been pierced. There's no pretending. There's no getting away from it. And I don't want us to bury our head in the sand, but I do want to make a space for us to go, all right, authentically. I'm going to respond this morning by saying, all right, today's the day I'm just letting go. I'm letting go of the wounds that have pierced, whatever they look like. I'm letting go of the wounds that have pierced fix my eyes on him and we're going to allow the spirit of God to come and to minister wholeness would you stand with me I'm going to invite the worship team to come this altar down the front here it is a very lowly place it's a very humble place it's a postured place that is entirely in the humility of Christ and, and the invitation this morning is is if, you, if you, you have an inclination in your heart to say it's time for business, then I've asked the, the prayer ministry team just to anoint with oil today as a prophetic gesture of the grace of healing that's ours, as a gesture of saying I'm now no longer just postured in the natural realm, but I'm posturing in the, in the, in the realms, in the spirit realm as well. And I'm understanding that right now I'm in Christ and I'm in heavenly places. And we're not going to minister healing to you. 
we're going to invite you just to come and to stand and just to look up into the into the face of Jesus and let him have that moment of grace with you where he brings his healing to you. And if you want help with that, then the ministry team will pray with you. But otherwise, the invitation is just to come. In fact, why don't you just start to come and we're just going to believe this grace of healing that brings a wholeness to each one of us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thanks, worship. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Faith to live like Christ for all our days.